Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11. And verse 28. And uh, Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Three points tonight. Number one. Whose yoke are we told to take? Hello? Anyway, there? The pig put everybody to sleep? No, God's yoke. Yoke of Christ, right? What happens when we take our own yoke? Take my own yoke upon myself. Uh, there is no what? Peace. There's no joy. There's no love. There's none of the fruit of the Spirit, is there? And today in the world that we live in, people are encouraged to bear their own yokes. Even in churches, they are told, bear your own burden, pull your own load. But is that biblical? Is this what Jesus Christ said? Jesus said here, come unto me, all ye that, are labor, that labor and are heavy laden. How many know what it means to labor? I think we all, I mean, some of us this week have put in 70 hours at our jobs and then come here and work in the church. That's just amazing. We've just had an amazing team, amazing week here. Come unto me, Jesus said. Come to me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. I just want to say that people today labor. And that is the curse of Adam, isn't it? That when Adam and Eve failed in the garden, wasn't the curse that they would, by the sweat of their brow, produce uh, fruit from the ground. And that philosophy today exists, doesn't it? If you don't work, you don't get paid. And that's the philosophy in the world. If you don't invest, you don't get anything back. If, no pain, no gain. gain. But that, that economy doesn't work in the kingdom of God, does it? Right? In the kingdom of God, God is not asking to, to try to do the same thing that we find in the curse of Adam. To work and reap sweat and receive. That is not the way it works with God. The devil in the world system portrays on us that in order for us to get what we want, we have to work very hard. And you know, work is a, is a fact of life. We have to work. But in the kingdom of God, for us to reap things, for us to receive things, for us to get answers to prayer, for us to receive those promises that God has given to us, is not dependent on how much we work. We have to remember that fruit in the kingdom of God does not come by sweat and blood, but fruit comes by what? Coming unto Him and resting. Because when Jesus finished the work, when He said it is finished, was He joking? Was He lying? When Jesus said it is finished, was that half true? Was that fully true? Or was that... Was that just partially true? What work is there left for us to do? Once, when we were to, if we were to ask you today, even in this church or anyone on the street, what work is left for us to do when Jesus finished the work? Some people would say, well, you got to be good. You, gotta, you can't kill people, which that's nice. Don't kill people. Don't steal. 
you can't do all these things. And then maybe, um, you know, you'll be, you'll be, God will look favorably uh, at you in heaven. People still have a works mentality, a mentality that has an economy of I work and I receive. But that is not how it goes in the work in the kingdom of God. Jesus said, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I read a statistic the other night, and I had to read it a few times to make sure I got it right. It's shocking. Over 200 million prescriptions have been given this year in the United States of painkillers. People are in pain. It's unbelievable. Internal pain and external pain. People, if you talk to people, and a lot of us probably have very painful things that have happened to us, where we've been either betrayed or left or forsaken, or we've been hurt, we've been victimized, and then we're left on our own to pull ourselves up by our own bootstraps. But in God's kingdom, in the family of God, the work is, in Matthew chapter 10, John chapter 6, this is the work of God, and that is to believe on him who he has sent. Remember those words? The disciples come to Jesus and say, look, let's get this straight. What is the work that we must do? Just tell us what to do, right? The religious part of man, the, the, the flesh, that part of us that is unbelieving or that cannot rest in what God has done for us, is always asking God, give me something to do so I can feel good about myself. How many men have been out of work for many years or many months, and they don't feel good about themselves? They feel like that, you know, they're sitting at home on the couch. They don't feel good about themselves. So much of our society is based on your value is based on how much you can do or what, or what your talents are, Right? Here's a question that you hear all the time when, someone, when you meet someone for the first time. Hello, what is your name? And what's the second question? What do you do? It's what I do and what my name and what my value is is all synonymous in this system. But in the eyes of God, it's almost, it's almost opposite. Let's look at, let's look at the, the, in John chapter 9, the blind man who could not even see Jesus. How about the man that was laid at the gates who was paralyzed and could not, could not help himself into the pool to be healed? Jesus says, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. There's a huge need today for people to be counseled on a very deep level, to be comforted. That's why people go to the Internet to talk to people they've never met before to get answers. There's a new app out there on the iPhone and on the, on the Android and you can, I don't know what it's called, I don't remember what it's called, I remember seeing it. And you can, you can um, ask very serious questions anonymously, and anonymous people can answer you. People are really searching for meaning. They're looking for deep comfort, and they're looking for counseling. They're looking for identification. They want to be, they want to be, they want to connect with people. And Jesus said, come to me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. I just want to say that, you know, there's a lot of joy here today. We have, we've had a lot of fun. We've eaten a lot of pork and lots of food. And uh, we've had lots of sun. And uh, we've just had an amazing time. 
And really the source of our joy is, is that very quietly, deep, and down, deep down inside, we know that God loves us and that we are secure in Him. And when we know that we are secure in God, that God's not going to reject us or cast us away because of something that's happened or a thought that we thought, that God is not going to forsake us. And this is very comforting. You know, people bear burdens in their life, and these burdens are not God's will. And I, I, I want to name a few, okay? What are some of the yokes that people take in verse 29? Jesus said, take my yoke upon you. I can always tell when I'm carrying my own yoke. And by the way, you know what that word yoke means? It just means burden. Take my burden upon you. Take my weights. Take my yoke upon you. For my, bird, for my yoke is easy. Learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. And you'll find rest for your souls. What are some of the yokes or the burdens that um, people today carry? Uh, we had some chiropractors here today that they had a vendor, you know, they had their, their booth set up. And I had a chiropractor tell me, they said that we have people come in all the time and you can see the curvature of their spine as if they were carrying some invisible weight for many years. I said, really? He goes, yeah, he showed me, not here, but earlier, another chiropractor. He showed me some x-rays of people. He said, and it's amazing. You look at these x-rays, and it looks like that a person has had a, like a backpack on their back, or just it, like they have a twist. Um, uh, and some people have what they call scoliosis or the rotating of the pelvis, and they have these issues because what can happen is, is that people can bear things in their mind and in their spirit for so many years, it affects their physical body. Remember the woman that was bent over for, what, 18 years? And she was bent over, and Jesus healed her, and she could stand back up. People bear burdens. We bear burdens. We bear things that God has never, ever asked us to bear. And we can always tell when we're carrying our own burden. Why? Because number one, first and foremost, I can always tell when I'm carrying my own yoke and not Christ's yoke when I lose my peace and I lose my joy and I lose my love. Those three things... First three fruits of the Holy Spirit. When I lose those three things, when I lose my peace, when I lose my love, and I lose my joy, my free-spiritedness, I can tell that I'm carrying my own yoke. You know, we had a lot of preparations this week for this pig roast, and that was unbelievable. It's amazing. And there were times when I was thinking in my car, I was thinking, is this, what's going to happen? Is this, you know, we were setting, we were setting up all up this morning, like at about noon, and I thought, now, Nobody could come, or we could have lots of people come. And I started to think about it, and I thought, you know, that's not my burden to carry. You know, what about my finances? Well, that's not my burden to carry. What about my health? What can I do? Can I heal myself? That's not my burden to carry. When we try to carry our own burdens, we lose our joy, we lose our peace, and we lose our love. We notice that we get very... We become very reactionary to people. We begin to be very short-sighted. We lose our free-spiritedness, our spontaneity, our joy. Because we're carrying something that God never intended us to carry. Jesus took our cross for us, remember? He took it to Calvary. Remember that? 
Jesus took your cross and my cross, very much probably like that cross right there, and dragged it up to Calvary. And that was our cross. He carried it for us. There's a beautiful hymn that I love. It's a very old hymn. I've never heard it sung. I'd love to hear it sung sometime. But um, it, it, some of the words go like this. A victim led, his blood was shed. He, um, and he bore our grief and shame. And now there's no load for me to carry. Something like that. When we understand that Jesus bore all of our cares and all of our troubles, we understand that we don't have to live any longer in this, in this worry. And so we can always tell, what are some of the yokes, as I said earlier, what are some of the yokes that people bury, that they, they carry today? People worry about who they're going to marry. That's a yoke that you're not supposed to carry. Don't worry about who you're going to marry. Because that's God's, that's God's yoke. That's, see, what the devil wants to do is he wants to say, okay, God's not in the picture, so let's remove him out of the picture. You have to make it all happen yourself. Get on some kind of site or something and find a husband or a wife. Am I going to make that happen? Or I'm, I'm not, because I'm married, happily married. Uh, and my wife's not here today. She's on a business trip. But, you know, so... But if I'm single, am I going to try to make that happen in my life? God forbid if I try to... I'd probably marry the wrong person so quickly. If God is not in, if God is not in the picture, then I'm carrying my own yoke, my own life yoke. All of us have very interesting situations in our life, right? Yes? Yeah. No? Yeah. Okay. You want to try to carry that yourself? Wake up in the morning. And first three or four seconds of the morning are like, okay, they're okay, but then it hits you. You know, wham, you just got this huge burden. You can hardly breathe because you know, I got to deal with this situation. I got to make this happen. And wow, I'm just losing my breath thinking about it. I, we can't carry that burden, can we? And nor has God called us to carry that yoke. Because the yoke, His yoke is easy and it's light. It really is. And sometimes people ask us, you know, they're like, I told, I told, we were in Philly, downtown Philly, doing some outreach. <laughs> I'll never forget this. We were on Girard Ave, just a very interesting street. A lot, of, a lot of things going on that street. Doing some outreach, and uh, I said to one, I said to some hipsters down there, I said, uh, you know, we're, you know, I'm a Christian. He goes, oh, I'm so, I, I'm so, so sorry for you. Sorry. <laughs> I really, I feel bad, but I'm sorry that you had to, you're in that situation. Like, he, he was saying, he felt that, I'm a Christian because I was born into a church and this is my responsibility and this is what I'm supposed to do. And I go, no, this is amazing. I love it. I mean, this is the greatest life to live. I don't, I'm not under, I'm not stressed and I'm not burdened. And the guy looked at me like we had, you know, 17 heads. He just couldn't understand what we were saying. We were speaking another language or something. His, his, uh, his concept of a Christian was, a person trying to fulfill their own destiny and holiness and trying to bring about their life with a good ending to it so that he goes to heaven in the end. That is not the life that God has called us to. And just in closing, I want to say this, that there are yokes of religion. How about religious yokes? Think of some religious yokes that uh, well-meaning, sincere religious organizations put on people. How about the Pharisees? Jesus said to the Pharisees in Matthew chapter 10, you put burdens on people 
that are so heavy that they that they get crushed. How many times have we been have we sensed the religious yoke on us? And that's why Jesus Christ came in Romans chapter 10 to fulfill the whole law. He didn't fulfill 99% of it, and then he said, okay, you can handle the, the 1% that I didn't do. We couldn't even do 1% of the law, not even for a second. The Ten Commandments, as we know, were given to us to tell us that we are hopelessly lost, we're sinners. Like Diana's song was, he's our rescuer. Without, without Christ fulfilling the Ten Commandments, fulfilling the entire law, we would be condemned to hell even before we were at the age of accountability because we were born in sin. And so the religious yoke of fulfilling religious expectations, and that's another yoke, number two, expectations. People's expectations of you. You know, sometimes people's expectations of us or you may be very unrealistic. Has that ever happened to you? Unrealistic expectations? You know, that... Uh, you're so-and-so, and, or maybe family expectations. People in the family have expectations from you. And it's just not God's, it's not what God is, is looking for. That's another kind of yoke, expectations. When we begin to feel under the burden of people's expectations of us, another, the third kind of burden is the, um, uh, is the, uh, the fulfilling of the needs of, our family. For example, I could be the, a father or a husband with a great sense of responsibility that I got to provide for my family. And if I'm not able to provide for my family or lead my family, then I, it could actually become a real crisis for me as a husband or as a man, as a father. And that is something that we have to put on God. See, any time that we feel that we're losing our joy, we're losing our peace, and we're losing our love, we can know that something has squeezed, squeezed the filling of the Holy Spirit out of us, and we're now carrying our own cross, our own burden. I don't think I could do. I don't think any of us could do it, or as a pastor, to carry the burden of the ministry without the yoke of Christ. When we understand that God is in control, how about Psalm chapter thirty-one, verse fifteen? I think it is. It says that my times are in His hands. Isn't that a great verse? My times are in His hands. That means that God has a schedule in my life. And if I get impatient with God's schedule, or if I get impatient with myself, that's another yoke, by the way. When you put on yourself your own expectations, well, I've been a Christian now for a year, and I should know better. I should be not having that problem anymore in my life. Guess what? It could be several years for certain things in our life to be actually healed and for God to release us from things. And so don't put expectations on yourself that only God can do. Because when we do that, then we find ourselves trying to live the Christian life in the flesh. And I'll finish with this. Is that any time that we're not thinking in faith, we've already entered into sin. Where do I get that verse? Romans 14, 22 and 23. Anything that is not of faith is what? Sin. What does the word sin mean in the, in the New Testament? It means missing the mark, missing the target. Not getting the bullseye, not really hitting the mark in my Christianity. You ever lived and have ever felt like you're not hitting the target in something? Like, I'm doing a good job, but I think I'm just not hitting the target in my marriage or in my career, in my job or in my, in my service. Anytime 
long before we fail and we sin and we fall down in that besetting sin, long before that happens, we've, all, we've left that moment where we're living moment by moment, trusting God and not taking our own, our own yokes upon our own selves. And so I just want us to leave. If there's one thing that, remember, that you remember from this message, remember this, that Christ's yoke is easy. And he is bearing the load for us. And I love this illustration. Uh, Some of us may have heard it, but when there was a young calf or a young bull that was in training or a young horse that was in training, they would be yoked up with a bigger horse, a more mature horse, and there would be a double yoke. And this is the kind of yoke that we see in Matthew 11. It's a double yoke. It's not single, but a double yoke. What it means is, is that the little calf is in the yoke, in that circular yoke around its neck on its shoulders, and so is the bigger animal in the yoke. And guess who's doing all the pulling? That bigger animal, that bigger horse, that bigger bull. And that's the picture that we see in Matthew chapter 11, that Jesus, we are yoked together with him. We are yoked together with him, and he is doing all the pulling. And we're just attached at the neck and at the shoulders with Christ. And he is doing all the work, and we're just going along with him, watching him work. And that's how it is with this church here, and that's how it is with everything that we do, that, that it really is him, isn't it? We're just yoked up together with him. And if you don't know what this means on a practical level, then get yoked up with someone in your life that knows God. Get yoked up with them and get discipled and get into the, the get into the roots with them and get yoked up with the body of Christ or get yoked up with someone in the in the in the body that's going to disciple you so that you can learn the way. Because and I'll just say it one last time, anytime that we lose our love, we lose our joy, we lose our peace, we are carrying a yoke that is other than the easy yoke of Christ. Because when we're carrying the yoke of Christ, we can do something like this, and we can just have a lot of fun. I mean, sometimes we get a little like, (laughs) what's going on? I mean, but that's just momentary, isn't it? And we can just say, God's in control. I'm yoked up together with Him. And I just, you know, I'm just at rest in my my soul, my deep, in my soul. How many know what I'm talking about, that deep rest in our souls? And when we're in trouble, when we're struggling, when we're fearing, when we're when we are living in unbelief, don't condemn yourself if you're living in unbelief. Don't do that. Don't, because when, whenever you and I condemn ourselves and beat ourselves up and promise we'll never do it again, that's the, that's the yoke that's not the yoke of Christ. The yoke of Christ is we just draw near with our dirty diapers and all, and we say, here I am. How many, how many moms know that? that you know, you know our, our little son, our little daughter comes in and you know, they're grinning ear to ear, and they just, you know, smells like um, biological warfare. You know, the, the diapers need to be changed. But that's how it is with us. We just come to God with our diapers and all, and He just loves us. He changes us, and He, he, he comforts us. Because if there's not that comfort, then we're left with, we, we wind up in bitterness with a load that we cannot carry, and we, we struggle, and we are in pain, and how many of us have ever met people, I can't, and they say like this, I can't believe that God let this happen to me. I've got so much to do, and I've got trying so hard to keep it all together. 
my question is for them, and I try to, as best as I can, try to help them understand this. Are you carrying your own load? Or have you given your load to Christ? Uh, we, we met someone here earlier today, and they said that back in July they had just a terrible accident, and, and God was working in their life, and God brought them to a point where they just surrendered everything to God. And she said, at that moment, when that happens, a burden came off my shoulders because I'm no longer trusting myself, but I'm trusting God. Amen. And peace comes in, and love comes in, and joy comes in, and there's that flow of the Holy Spirit that is undeniable. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's close in prayer. Maybe.